Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. We welcome you to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the 3-0 Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Also your home. In a little over a week, we get to talk about Notre Dame and Ohio State. Oh yeah, that game will be on here too, but first, all but first... Let's all lock in because the Chippewas from Central Michigan are coming to South Bend this Saturday, 2.30 kickoff on WSBT Radio. Our pregame show will begin at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Aren't you glad you're not on that show? (laughs) And when does it run to? When do we start? Well, I can tell you, Eric. We have the Wake Up the Echoes show from 8 to 9. or Yeah, 8 to 9. Marcus Freeman will be on. That's his coach's show. It's well, that, no it's longer a coach's show. It really is. <laughs> it's just Marcus and um, other people on. So it's not a coach's show anymore. It's changed. So it's an Echo show. It is. Yes, Echo, Echo, Echo. <laughs> Here's Marcus, Marcus, Freeman. Now betting for the Yankees, Yankees. Okay, so we have that show from 8 to 9. We have the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day interview show with Tim Growl and Jim Arizari. You want to know who's on the show this week? Yeah, I do. They'll be broadcasting live from the center of Eddy Street Commons across from Five Guys Burgers in between Urban Outfielders and Brew Burger. Well, that is specific. I like okay. that. Job well done here. You can take. Are they in a, inside or are they outside? No, they're in the center of all that. Okay. That I the described there. Okay. They're kind of the, the bullseye in the middle of that circle Will I they just be created. Eating hamburgers? I hope so. Okay. I would hope so. There's a couple of places right there. Right. But folks can watch the show and they can get pictures and autographs from the guests. And on the guest list this week, 
former Irish All-American running back Reggie Brooks, longtime manager of the band Chicago, and former Notre Dame walk-on Peter Chivarelli. We've got former Notre Dame offensive lineman who was featured on the Inside IndieSports.com podcast this week, which you can find right now wherever you get your favorite podcast. Is that right? That is true. By the way, I didn't introduce, that's Eric Hansen with me, the publisher and editor of InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. I got going so excited about Ohio State and Notre Dame, I didn't introduce ourselves. Now we know who we are and we can continue. Okay, But cool. Bob Morton will be on the okay. show from 9 to 11 at Eddie Street Commons. And former fighting Irish kicker Jim Sanson will be on the wow. program as well. That turns back the clock a few years. Okay. Holy cow. That's 9 to 11. And then from 11 until 1.30, I hope you'll be at Notre Dame Stadium joining me and Tyler Horka for Game Day Sports Beat brought to you by Bud Light. I took a straw poll of the panel today and asked them, since Notre Dame is playing Central Michigan, favored by 34-and-a-half, and there's an awfully big game next week, should we do a segment on Notre Dame-Ohio State? And we had three I votes and no nays. So we're going to spend a little time talking Notre Dame-Ohio State. And we can dot the I. <laughs> no, we cannot. Oh, we can't. No, we cannot. Oh, I'm sorry. We wear green around here. We don't okay. dot any I's. I will say... Notre Dame hockey played at Ohio State a few years ago when they had the band come in and dotted the eye. It was pretty cool. It's – I get goosebumps when it's I see cool. it in person, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah. But it won't be cool this Saturday, next Saturday, wherever they're going to be. I guess they'll be probably in the stands, I would assume. Was Notre Dame's band at Ohio State last year? I can't remember. I can't remember. remember. I was thinking – Yeah. Anyway. I think they were, but I can't remember. Okay. So the Buckeyes will be there just not dotting an eye. Yeah, it was just a surreal experience going there because I had not, you know, some people may know I'm an Ohio State graduate, and I grew up in Columbus and went to Ohio State games as a kid and then have been to very few mm-hmm. since I graduated. And one of the the last time I had been in the stadium was a Notre Dame-Ohio State game that I was covering in 95 so I hadn't been there that was Eddie George game and so I hadn't been there and I was in the stadium and so much had changed they had like renovated it it was really nice just going on hockey trips there never being inside the horseshoe just standing outside of it how in the world do people not fall in the upper deck it is steep (laughs) I mean it is straight down that's scary (laughs) <laughs> they that's where you put fall. the Michigan people they do in. fall they call that sea deck Darren that's sea deck that's the sea deck it's called sea deck yes why is it called sea deck as opposed to A and B oh deck. okay okay All yeah right. okay. but A and B are really the the lower level A deck is the seats that aren't covered B deck is the that's underneath gotcha. C deck and those are not great seats because C deck hangs down so you never see like a punt how high it goes so it's like being at wrigley field not seeing fly balls in some places yeah okay i got it all right so we will talk notre dame ohio state on saturday's program just because i think people want to hear about notre dame ohio state see that again as i always say we're not jinxing anything by talking about it because 
when people say, why did you say there was a no-hitter? Why did you say the goalie had a shutout? Are you trying to jinx the team? No. If I had the power to change a sporting event, I would not waste my powers on a sporting event. I would change the world. So I don't believe in jinxes. I don't believe in talking about things and all of a sudden it's my fault. But let's face it, Notre Dame and Central Michigan is a side story leading into next week's game. We can say that as media and fans, players and coaches have to focus on Central Michigan. But I love the fact, Eric, that Marcus Freeman has said the words Ohio State in front of the team this week. I, I agree, and I do believe in jinxes, and there's one. Matt Copsey, who used to work with us at the South Bend Tribune, yeah. you would be laying out the paper in the old days of laying out the paper, and if there was a no-hitter going in the major leagues, the, the thought was that you had to get that on the front page, so you would have to tear up your front page to get that on there. And if we did not want to tear up our front page, we would have Matt come and stand near the television set and invariably, the no-hitter would end. And so Matt was the only jinx that I know of. It wasn't a particular team. It was jinxing that event of a no-hitter. If call- Matt Copsey stood by the TV for every no-hitter, there would be none in the history of baseball. Okay, okay. But he's a salt-of-the-earth, wonderful man. Okay, so I'm curious. I know you're not in the newspaper game anymore, but... Back then, ripping up a front page, how long did it take to recreate the paper the way you wanted it? And now today with computers, how much quicker can you do it? It really, you can go do it a little bit more quickly with computers, but you still have to account for moving stories around. Yeah. And, and there'd be the jump, you know how there's a jump page and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a geometry problem that you would have okay. to do. But it's still quicker today, a little bit. It is it is quicker today. But you know what? Oh, I'm not even going to say it. I'll just say this. When when I – oh, I will okay. say this. Go I, for it, Eric. Lay it out there. It. You know what? So <laughs> a couple of years before I left, they decided to take the people that lay out the paper and choose the stories, take them – not people that actually live in the city, but somebody like living in Phoenix that doesn't even know sports and have them do it. So you're just going to get a, a, a not really good representation of what you should be reading. Now, they are guided, but they don't always follow the guidance. So that's where we are with a big newspaper chain these days. I'm sorry that I went down that road, but I'm boy. not. I'm not. I'm sorry, but I'm not Shots sorry. fired. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. You want me to fire a shot right now? Sure. It's 517 on Thursday, September 14th. Notre Dame will beat Ohio State next week. Wow. Let's go. In football. <laughs> yes, in football. <laughs> okay. I don't know what else they're going to be playing in. Hockey soon, right? At some point. At some point, yes. At is some there point. a hockey schedule out? On paper, yes. It's not up at FightingIrish.com as of okay. yet, but I have a copy if anybody needs it. If you okay. need info, I've got answers for you. But All right. there's my shot. Okay. Is that a called shot? That is a called shot. Did you see the Colorado State coach now firing up Dion this week? Did I you see saw, the story? I saw a tweet <laughs> as I was just getting ready to leave to come here, so yeah. I will check it out when I get uh, home. Apparently... They will use anything to fire up the Buffaloes. Okay. So this time the Colorado State head coach, I believe on his coach's show, 
referenced that Dion wears glasses and a hat in his press conferences talking to the media. And he said it's disrespectful. His mom taught him to take his hat off and his sunglasses. So, of course, Dion had practice. It's now personal. <laughs> so next week, whoever they play, the head coach got out of bed. That's personal. He doesn't respect us. He actually got out of bed because he's got to prepare for us. That's personal. Okay. Wow. But then the Colorado State coach said he's doing an amazing job, and I respect him. But, you know, when you go down that road, you say, Dion did this. You know what's going to happen. It's now personal. <laughs> okay. And the people who are picking the stories a couple of years ago in the paper, it's personal. <laughs> All right. I've stalled long enough. I guess we got to do the advantage game now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are we doing Ohio State or Central Michigan? <laughs> we are doing Notre Dame Central Michigan, which is the next game on the schedule. That's a Saturday. Okay. Let's do it. So – I think we know who the advantage is going to be in these categories, but we still need to talk about the Irish and some of the things we think will happen in this game because the advantage game nailed last week's NC State game. It played out pretty much exactly the way Eric thought it was going to. So the advantage game was fantastic last week. So I want to do an advantage game on Colorado. We'll send it to Dion, <laughs> and it'll be personal with us. <laughs> Eric and Darren, they said Colorado wasn't going to do this. Oh, we did it. They thought we'd throw for 500 yards. We threw for 525. Take that, guys. Okay, right. advantage game. Let's start with Central Michigan running the football. By the way, Central Michigan is 1-1. One they lost to Michigan State in East Lansing, 31-7. A competitive first half, though, yeah. and then, then the Mel Tucker Spartans took over. And then last week, it was the thrilling game-winning field goal as time expired by Central Michigan's Tristan Matson as they beat FCS New Hampshire. You know the nickname of New Hampshire? Just from it's hockey, I know. cat. Yes, it is. They're uh, wild. The wild cat. There you okay. go. All right. 45-42. Gah. <laughs> All right, so here we go again with the dual-threat quarterback, son of a former NFL wide receiver. Right. When CMU runs the football, what in the world is going to happen? Well, it's usually going to be Burt Emanuel Jr., to whom you just referred. Um, Burt runs the ball the most. He runs for the most yards. He's got the most rushing touchdowns. They are... 50th in the country in rushing offense, which isn't bad. 170-some yards a game. But I think this is a game where Notre Dame's rush defense will be at its best because there's not a lot around Bert Emanuel Jr. that scares you. No. Now, he's a big quarterback with some speed. Six foot two, 230, so he's not easy to take down. But I think Notre Dame can really gear its game plan to that to say we're going to stop him in the run because he doesn't do other things well, nor does their offense do other things well. So big check mark for the Notre Dame rush defense. I'm not even going to write down Notre Dame because I think I know where all the check marks are going okay. to know. I don't need okay. a pen for this. And the Irish run defense held their own against North Carolina State. I mean, Brennan Armstrong had 90 yards against Connecticut. 
held to 26. Eric, and there was only one sack, so it's not like he was sacked six times and lost 50 yards. That was assignment correct football, I would right. say, for the most part, by Notre Dame's defense. And we should mention, you know, J.D. Bertrand is not oh, going yeah. to play. Thank you. Uh, the linebacker, he's still in concussion protocol. He was Notre Dame's leading tackler the last couple of years. Actually, Jack Kaiser is the leading tackler so far this year. Jack Kaiser will get more time. Jalen Sneed, you'll see the two freshmen, Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury, and, of course, Maris Leofau. So kind of a five-man rotation. Yeah, if you did not follow Marcus Freeman's presser on Monday, he mentioned Bertrand suffered a concussion against NC State. We didn't see him for a good chunk of the game. So, as Eric mentioned, Bertrand ruled out today by fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman. All right, so we know Emmanuel's not going to have much luck running the football. He actually has fewer pass attempts than rushing attempts this year. 36 pass attempts, and Eric, not a lot of success even playing an FCS school. He's at 50%. Right. Um, you know, I, I didn't watch that game, but I did watch some of the Michigan State Central Michigan game. They really struggled to throw the ball. Yeah. They're 114th out of 132 in team pass efficiency. They're, you know, they're just not really successful at it. That's why I think Notre Dame is going to have some success stopping him in the run because they're going to say, okay, try Cam Hart, try Ben Morris, and see what you can do against those guys. Uh, so this isn't a good matchup offensively for Central Michigan. So. Notre Dame gets a huge check mark here. They are fourth in the country in pass efficiency defense. Leading pass catcher for Central Michigan has five, and that's Chris Parker. And three of those catches last week, big yardage against the Wildcats, who lost to Notre Dame hockey in a lead eight game to go to the Frozen Four a few years ago. Okay. There's the tie-in. That's All right. the tie-in, the Wildcats. The old Hockey East foe of the Irish, New Hampshire. Now we move to the Notre Dame offense. Audric Estime leading that running back train. I have a feeling this might be another mismatch. It could be, and it probably will turn out to be that. But the one thing that um, Central Michigan has been pretty good at so far is rush defense. They are 31st in the country. They really focus on it, put their attention on on doing that and trying to take their advantage. You know, 86 yards a game, but, but. you know, the 3.87 yards per carry, that doesn't bode well. That that lends you to believe Notre Dame will be able to do some things against that rush defense. And um, Notre Dame is getting its momentum there. Now, this is, I think, an important game for Notre Dame to get it together with their rush offense. Because remember in the NC State game, NC State had some tackles for losses in the backfield. I mean, Notre Dame's rushing yards looked pretty good at the end of the game, but a lot of those were home runs. Um, but they weren't hitting a lot of singles. And so Notre Dame needs to be really consistent with this run, running game. And, yeah, I'm going to put it in the context of Ohio State. You have to have that running game going. By the time yeah. you face Ohio State, you need to be pretty balanced. Did you see the video Notre Dame released today on Twitter of Estime's touchdown run and the shot of the coach's box? I did see that. It was like all of us at home when our fantasy football team is scoring a big touchdown. It was the same thing. I'm like, hey, that's exactly how we look. They were jumping up and down, high-fiving. 
fist bumps along the way. That's got to be, you know what, that has to be a cool feeling as a play caller to see something work like that, that 80-yard touchdown run. That's got to be the high of highs. Very cool. It's like what it looks like at my house when my kids call and say, I didn't call to borrow money. (laughs) (laughs) Many people are saying, Eric, (laughs) you're speaking to the choir. That is a celebratory moment, no doubt about it. Well, if Central Michigan says, all right, we'll maybe play to one of our strengths, try to stop the run, uh uh-oh, Sam Hartman made NC State pay at times last week. Yes. And then you look at <laughs> the Mich- or Central Michigan pass efficiency defense. Oof. One of the worst in the country and not having played, you know, great quarterbacks to this point. And um, they give up a lot of yards in the passing game. They are 131st out of 132 teams in passing yards allowed. 386 per game playing Michigan State and New Hampshire. So I don't think they're going to have a great day against Notre Dame's um, offense. You know, if I'm their defensive coordinator, I probably am going to try to stick with leaning into the run defense and hoping Sam Hartman has a bad day or there's a pop-up thunderstorm or something because they can't defend the pass. I mean, it's not to this point. They have not even come close to being able to do that. Okay, we move now to special teams, and maybe we'll get a chance to see Spencer Schrader set the field goal Distance mark after he broke it last week. You know, it's it. It was very interesting talking to Marty Biaggi on Tuesday night. So that Dave Reeve hit a 53 yarder in 1976 for Notre Dame. That's been the record. Wow. And Kyle Brinza matched it, but he didn't break it. But mm-hmm. he matched it in 2013. So two people have kicked 53 yard field goals. But Dave Reeves' name has been sitting there for 47 years until Saturday. And then it almost didn't even last a half an hour um, that Spencer Schrader then kicked a field goal that was easily good from 56, but it hit the uh, left upright and bounced out. It was halfway up the upright. Yeah. And it was, yeah. So I asked Marty Biaggi Tuesday night, I said, there's nothing in his South Florida statistics Mm-mm. that even hinted that this was possible. His long last year was 49. His career long was 52. He was one of five from beyond 50 yards. And he wow. goes, he explained that a lot of former soccer players and, and Spencer had been a pro soccer player before he broke his ankle and then walked on for football and started a football career. But he said you could tell he had leg strength. So Marty, who was a college kicker, said you, you have to kind of change it from, um, you know, the way that soccer players, they kind of do a baseball swing, a kind of a round swing, to more of a golf swing, and then repeat that motion. Once they did that, the length came, and he has kicked. Marty has seen him kick in practice. I know they said this about the Clemson kicker that – well, missed a couple of close ones, and I guess they were blocked. But he's hit a 70-yarder in practice. 
Can you imagine doing that in a game? You wouldn't even have to get over the 50 to kick a 70-yarder. Now, I doubt that they ever do that in the game, but I, I think Marcus is pretty confident with the right field conditions that 56 is a good place for them to think about trying a field goal. Let's put this in perspective by reminding everyone, 2021 at Ford Field, the Ravens, Justin Tucker, set the NFL record 66 yards. And I'll tell you what, Schrader's kick from 56 might have been good from 66 if it was just a couple of inches to the right. Well, I mean, in the practice that we were at for a TCU field or Everwise field, whatever they're calling school field these days, um, you just went, wow. I mean, he he was easily – I mean, they were – there's um, like a little building at the end of school field. Uh, it's where the locker rooms are. And, you know, I don't think they're used to people hitting that roof. I mean, he was knocking – you know, stuff off the shingles because his he was hitting that roof so hard with his field goals from 50-some yards. And then his kickoffs were going way out of the end zone, too. He, he's got to work on accuracy. I mm-hmm. mean, he's one of three so far, and Marty Biaggi was talking about eventually with the repeat of that motion because they completely changed his motion, that once he gets used to that, then, then we'll see the accuracy come back. But, but Western Kentucky, I mean, Western Kentucky – we were talking about Western Kentucky off the air before. Yeah. Central Michigan, a different directional school. They are good in the return game. I'll, I'll give them a push on the special teams. Notre Dame special teams are going to continue to get better. But but at least Central Michigan is good in the return game. And speaking of kickers, Brandon Aubrey of the Dallas Cowboys, who right. played at Notre Dame but not football. Right. He was a soccer player. He is the starting kicker for the Cowboys. He yanked his first kick well left. I mean, hooked it way left on an extra point try, which is farther back, of course, in the NFL. But finished the night 4-5 on extra points and 2-2 of on field goals with a long of 38. So not a bad start for him. And we end the advantage game with intangibles. You know, this is the first time um, Central Michigan and Notre Dame have played. This game must obviously arranged because Brian Kelly wanted to play one of his former coaching stops, but he's not here anymore. Um, Notre Dame is 9-0 all-time against the MAC. Central Michigan just has issues. They've had better teams than this, um, and I think Marcus has done a really good job of methodically addressing, not looking ahead of Ohio State. He's not going to let his players listen to our pregame show if we're going to have an Ohio State segment on uh, but uh, um, I think Notre Dame has the intangibles in this. And, and, and again, those players toward the bottom of the depth chart are hungry. Those guys want to play. They want to get in games, and I think you know this will go Notre Dame's way in the intangibles. Well, to steer away again from Central Michigan, my guest coming up in about 40 minutes is Tim Murray. We have him on every Thursday. The VEASAN primetime host, diehard Notre Dame football fan. He's coming to South Bend for the Ohio State game next week. And he's got some interesting news if you're into sports wagering. Since the summer, some of the big games get lines early. And Notre Dame has been a seven-point underdog at home against Ohio State. Well, this week, it changed at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Stick around to find out where the number is now. You might be a little surprised. So we'll do that coming up in about 40 minutes here on WSBT Radio. We're live on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com on our free WSBT Radio app. Since I called my shot for our Twitch followers, there's my score prediction right there. We're already posted. There you go. I can't so, see it. I know. Oh, Only okay. the Twitch followers. Oh, You're not on Twitch right now, so you can't see I'm it. Not, but I'm <laughs> being broadcast on Twitch. You right? are. Yes, you are. You can. <laughs> Eric is pointing at our Twitch followers right now. <laughs> All right, we'll take a timeout. 534 at WSBT. I think we're out of called shots now. We're out of bullets, right, for the rest of the show. So no more dramatics. But Eric has a chat every Wednesday at InsideIndieSports.com. I have grabbed some of the really good questions and maybe even a bad one. And we'll talk about those coming up next. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beep, live on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Gives to Estime. He leaps at the one and goes over the strike. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Low snap, hands off inside to Estime. 10-5. He'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat continues on WSBT Radio. My name is Darren Pritchett. He is the co-host, Mr. Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. Well, every Wednesday at InsideIndieSports.com, you have the opportunity to ask Uncle Eric a question about Notre Dame football, and he gets questions from all over the country and the world from Notre Dame fans And the chat usually goes for, what, about three hours or so? Pretty good. Yeah, because I have to come in and do this show, so I have to cut it off at some point. You even had rapid fire, your two-minute drill. Yeah, yeah. it's I call it the lightning round. The lightning round. All right. So I have grabbed some of the questions. So let's talk Notre Dame football by first grabbing a question from San Antonio, Texas. Marty wants to know about this. The pass rush this year seems to be lacking. The injury to Rubio notwithstanding, it seems we do not have a dominant slash great slash good pass rush, which normally is needed to win a national championship. Why, in Marty's opinion, isn't Freeman concerned more? I think because he believes that when they need to have the pass rush, they're going to get it. Um, and I talked to Al Golden about this a little bit Tuesday night, the defensive coordinator, and he is very confident that they're going to have this. And some of it's going to come from their linebackers. It's not just going to become be defensive linemen. Now, what Marty's referring to is they're 103rd in the country in sacks per game. They're, they only have four, mm-hmm. all by their defensive linemen. However, their linebackers have 10 out of their 18 quarterback hurries. They do have a lot of quarterback pressures. But they played a team in the opener in Navy that threw the ball six times. And they still got two sacks. In Tennessee State, you really didn't want to blitz once 
the score got out of hand so quickly unless you want to make it an 80-3 to three game. And then in the North Carolina State, you had a quarterback that made a living by people going all out yeah. and trying to rush him and then him being the leading rusher for his team each of the last three years. Now, holding him to 26 net yards on 12 carries, that's the thing. But then how do you know you have the pass rush? Well, they've seen it in practice. They feel like they've seen it. I think we'll see a little bit more of it this week, at least in the first half, against Burt um, Emanuel Jr. He's been sacked six times in two games, even though he's a mobile quarterback. Um, I think the game where it has to show up is Ohio State, not to look ahead. But that's the first kind of non-dual threat quarterback that Notre Dame faces. And to deal, help deal with that great receiving core, it's got to be. So I understand why fans are talking about it. And it's kind of like Marcus is saying, we've got it. We've got it in the toolkit here. We just haven't shown it. And, and again, it's not going to look like it did last year where there's a guy getting 11 sacks like Isaiah Foskey. You're going to have guys coming from different angles and different places. So we have to kind of buy into it. And so we'll find out in 10 days. Okay, very good. Eight, nine days. This is a two-part question. Okay. The first one is, this is from Patrick Dallas Hamilton, Ohio. Is it Patrick from Dallas Hamilton, Ohio, or <laughs> Patrick Dallas from Hamilton, Ohio? Is Patrick, there a Dallas Hamilton, Ohio? No, it's Hamilton, Ohio. It's near Cincinnati. Okay, Patrick from Hamilton, He's Ohio. He's sitting at a Skyline Chili right now. Ugh. Oh, I love Skyline. Ugh. Stop it. <clears throat> Have you had it? Yeah, I tasted it. Oh, gosh. Mm, no. No. Just okay. not for, But I think most people are like that. Either love it or dislike yeah. it. One okay. of the two. I'm still wrapping my head around Joe Buck's tweet a few, a few moments ago. It is. Just now I watched our dog get out of the pool, go to the bathroom in the grass, and then get back into the pool. I'm reevaluating everything in my life. <laughs> That's a pretty smart dog. That is. That's pretty smart. All right. Now back to regularly scheduled programming already in progress. Patrick wants to know. Oh, man. That's my reaction to your reaction to Sky Chili. Why okay. is the schedule so weak this year? Do you think this will hurt Notre Dame at the end of the year? Yeah, Jack Swarbrick said, you know what? I want a week schedule this year. Now, we <laughs> we have – you know <sighs> that we have rules for our chat. There's no bare feet. Right. There's no fighting. Right. No whining. One of, one of them is no drinking. And, <laughs> and I'm not sure where the easy schedule part of this came from, but I answered the question. I mean, they're playing two teams that are in the top six right now. They're playing – a pretty good Duke team on the road. They're playing Clemson on the road. Um, yeah, they've had – I think you mentioned on the show yesterday they've probably played their three easiest opponents yes. already by this weekend. Yes, one Central not, Michigan. Not including NC State, the other three. So I, I don't know if it's easy, but if Notre Dame goes 12-0 and against the schedule, they're in the playoff. Yes, sir. If they go 11-1, and depending what the one loss is and when it comes – they're probably in the playoff with that as well. Good news. I know I'm going too far ahead, but the SEC is down right now. And two of the teams you would say, quote-unquote, would be fighting Notre Dame for a playoff spot have a loss already. Right. Alabama and LSU, and they will play in Tuscaloosa. 
later on this year. So one of them will be eliminated, and maybe Georgia eliminates the other in the SEC championship game. So, friends, the SEC may get just one playoff team. You would imagine the Big Ten would get a playoff spot. Right. And then it's up for grabs, I think, from there because Notre Dame – well, but they may knock every each other off, and then Notre Dame could knock out their number one contender. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really interesting. Path. Yeah, there's a path there for Notre Dame right now. There is a yeah. realistic path if they take care of their business. The SEC is super interesting because then you say, well, well, Tennessee's and Georgia's, they just lose to Georgia, but they always have that crossover game with Alabama. So somebody's going to get their second loss in that game if they don't already have it. So it, it's you're I, right. The SEC is in a really interesting place this year. Now, the Big Ten has three teams in the top seven or eight mm-hmm. right now, but they're all in the same division, so they're all going to play each other. You would have to think, now, we always get surprised, but based on early returns, Florida State and Texas look like the real deal. Yeah. Georgia looks like the real deal. So that four spot is up for grabs and Notre Dame Ohio State, Notre Dame USC. Those are very important games for the playoff. Right. And Notre Dame Clemson too, even if Clemson loses to Florida State, it's a measuring stick Florida State's resume versus Notre Dame's, especially if somebody nicks Florida State. They're 11 and 1 or 12 and 1 whatever and comparing those. I would not waste everyone's time talking about Notre Dame in the playoffs if I didn't think it was realistic. I think this team can be good enough to be in the conversation. I think their possible ceiling is in that realm. I still don't think it's the most probable thing to happen, but I think it's way more probable than it was when they started the season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Pat from St. Paul. It seems like 2025 quarterback recruiting is heating up and have a percent chance on either Deuce or Bear pledging to Notre Dame. It seems like Bear has some momentum. Bear Bachmeyer. Bear Bachmeyer. Get to know him. Okay, so he's from California. They're both four-star quarterbacks. Um, Deuce Knight is a lefty from Mississippi who transferred to a, a school in Nashville, then has transferred back to Mississippi, kind of homesick. Um, his final four are Notre Dame, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Auburn. Hmm. Notre Dame is thought to be the leader there. Um, he's a little bit ranked higher than Bear Bachmeyer. Bear Bachmeyer comes from a very athletic family in California with a lot of animal names. He's got a brother named Tiger that's a freshman. <laughs> I love it. He's got a little brother named Bucky. He has a sister named Ella. I don't know what happened to her animal <laughs> name. She's a hurdler. That's short for elephant. Okay. And then Hank, who was at Boise State, who's now at Louisiana Tech. And he's named after a grandparent instead of an animal, is what Bear told me when I talked to him. But this kid is... Um, is special and so I think Deuce Knight has always been kind of the number one kid but they offered uh, Bear in July when Tyler and, and uh, Charleston were both on vacation thus I that's how I got there to know go. Bear um, and then as Deuce has kind of elongated his decision process mm-hmm. Bear has said and I think his initial thought was a Stanford lean 
But I think Stanford's whole situation moving to the ACC Absolutely. doesn't have the um, appeal where you're playing. Uh, you're, why not go to Notre Dame and play that schedule instead of at Stanford? Because he's so, from California. Right? He's from so California. There's no home games anymore. Right, right. He does have a brother, Tiger. One of the animals goes <laughs> yep. as a freshman receiver at Stanford. So he is visiting this weekend. And there's the thought that if things go well, he will commit. And I believe he's got the green light to commit. I think it's whoever makes their decision yeah. first. Because they don't want to get in a Dante Moore situation oh. that they were in um, in the 2023 cycle where they said, okay, we're, we're pushing away some really good, like Julian um, Sayan and, and, uh, and then there was the quarterback that's um, – Arnold that's down in Oklahoma. I mean, two really good prospects. In fact, I think they're both ranked higher than C.J. Carr. I, I mean, they both ended up in the same realm as Dante Moore. C.J. Carr actually committed before Dante Moore would. He's in the class between the Bear Deuce thing and the Dante Moore. So he's the 2024 class. I'm really clouding this. I didn't. My answer wasn't nearly this long. But the bottom line is, I would not be surprised if Notre Dame comes out of this weekend and Bear Bachmeyer becomes the 2025 quarterback. And I think that would be tremendous, as would Deuce Knight. Bear, Tiger, Joe Buck's dog, this has just been a stellar animal program today. <laughs> Bucky, Bucky, Tiger, and Bear. <laughs> All right, let's move along to this. We're getting a little short on time. Patrick from Boulder. Hmm. He says, based on what you've seen through three games, do you believe we will have a legitimate number one wide receiver by the end of the season, or do you think that the wide receiver targets will continue to be spread over a committee? How Sam Hartman sees the field, how he adjusts at the line of scrimmage, you're going to get a lot of spread out among different players. And Notre Dame plays deep rotations. They play a deep tight end rotation, deep wide receiver rotation, deep running back rotation. So it's hard to say, yeah, there's going to be a number one receiver. But there's going to be receivers who are number one-ish, guys that you're looking for on third down in the red zone. And I think the three that are going to emerge, if they haven't already, Jaden Thomas, who didn't have a catch in the last game, Another Jaden, great house. The freshman, just because of how physical he is as a, as a slot receiver, how he can shield the, with his body. And then Holden stays, I think, becomes uh, in that mix for number one receiver-ish. Okay. There's nothing wrong with not having a true number one wide receiver. Right. You'd love to have Jeff Samarja or Will Fuller. Don't get me wrong, Michael Floyd. But right now the ball's going to whoever's open. That's a good thing. And one little piece of trivia, Uh-oh. Bear Bachmeyer's real first name is Michael. Michael Bachmeyer. Right. Okay. I like Bear better. So, if I'm not mistaken, Bear Bachmeyer will be on the roster when they play Alabama. He would. I, yes. See where I'm going there? Yeah. Aha. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll hit the button. Uh-huh. You can do it better than I can. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's do one more. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jeff from Phoenix. 
and I think this is worth bringing up. I've been asked this a couple of times. Eric, can you give us some of the backstory to the cancellation of the Miami game? I'm more interested in this part. How unexpected was this, and where does Notre Dame look now to add back a game next year? I don't know that Notre Dame had a big warning sign that this was going to come up, but Miami knew it. Um, They just aren't apparently not good at math. For some reason, they contracted for five non-conference games in 2024, one of that being the uh, obligatory Notre Dame ACC game. So they didn't technically cancel it. They just deferred it. They just moved it back a little bit to a different year. Uh, But they had to get rid of a non-conference game with Florida being one of the other non-conference games, they didn't want to load up on too many good power fives, so they played more kind of cupcakey games. So that's how that happened. And we think that Army is going to be the replacement for that game. It's not official yet, but it sounds like Army may be even in Yankee Stadium. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I had not heard that part of the story. Very good. You can check out Eric's chat. You can participate in Eric's chat. Just go to InsideIndieSports.com, and you can ask Eric a question and follow the chat Wednesday at noon. Correct. And it'll be a big one this week. And Manny with the exclamation points was in the chat this week. That's always very, very important. It is. If you follow the chat, you know why. We'll take a quick timeout. Twitter question of the day next, 556 at WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You can vote on my chats on Twitter slash X at 960 Sports Beat. Yesterday, I asked them, which of these so called under the radar Notre Dame players has impressed you the most so far this season? What I meant by that. The guys you always hear about, Hartman, Estime, Morrison. Let's go for people that are further down the chain who've impressed you. I gave you three choices. Interior defensive lineman, Howard Cross. Safety, Xavier Watts. Defensive back, Thomas Harper. I believe you gave me an answer on yesterday's program. I did. And it was? Xavier Watts. Well, coming in third place. 13.6% of the vote. Defensive back, Thomas Harper. Coming in second place, the guy that I would have voted for. But 36.4% went with Howard Cross, who was everywhere in that game against NC State. But winning the vote, as Eric voted, 50% went with safety, Xavier Watts. You wouldn't know he was a wide receiver a couple of years ago by the way he's playing right now. Great coaching. And credit to Xavier as well. Yeah. Now to today's question. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. So during the offseason on Twitter, I asked, what would Notre Dame football's record be against the big three this year? Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. And the winner of the vote was one and two. So now let's re-ask the question just for fun. How would you answer that same question now? 3-0, and 2-1, 1-2, 0-3. Mr. Hansen, your thoughts? Has your answer changed? Uh, it has not changed. Okay. I still am answering it 1-2, but I am much less confident about being right. 
I think it could be two and one or even three and zero. Oh, but I want to see another game before Fair. I would change my thoughts on that. But I mean, I have Ohio State seventh in my poll. I think USC sixth and Notre Dame ninth. So they're all one and two bunched together. But the games are in Notre Dame Stadium, so. Yeah. That's right. That's very, very important. All right, you can vote on this question right now on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. And we end this hour of the program by playing this song, which tells us we're about to find out what Irish fans will find at Eric's website, InsideIndieSports.com. So today I did a notebook from the Marcus Zoom that had a lot of the items, including who's going to fill in for J.D. Bertrand, uh, the collaboration among offensive coaches, how uh, Spencer Schrader got the length on his field goals. We have a Rivals Future Cast football prediction for a verbal commitment coming up. We also have who Notre Dame's looking at in the 2026 class, which we uh, rivals just put out the first top 100 for that. We have an opponent look at Central Michigan and much, much more, Darren. Just go to the website, insideindiesports.com. I will talk to Eric once again as part of our game day sports beat show brought to you by Bud Light, which will air Saturday morning from Notre Dame Stadium from 11 until 1.30. I will talk to you then. See you later. <laughs> you were focused. <laughs> I said if you answered with, in, within two seconds, you win a million dollars. Sorry you didn't get there in time. Oh, no, you no. missed out. <laughs> but anyway, we'll see you then. Okay. All right. I will see you then. That's Eric. I'm Darren. We've got Tim Murray from VEASAN talking about a big change in the Notre Dame-Ohio State line. Plus, what does he think of the Irish, minus 34 and a half this week against the Chippewas. A lot of answers coming up when we talk to Tim in a little bit. Sports update next on WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 